How's it going, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Building Three Pillars. I'm your host, John Waters. All right, so today's episode is going to be a little different than our usual. All right, so this is actually going to be an interview that I did, what was it, last week, so the second week of January with Chris Allen from Chris Allen Fitness. We talked a lot about mindset, and we really honed in on some good practical ways that you guys can flip the switch in terms of implementing some nice, solid habits. So I think you guys really get something out of this. If you do and you enjoy this format, let me know. And let me know which technique of the three that Alan's going to talk about you found the most helpful. All right, so again, let me know what you think. And as always, keep pushing. Greatness awaits. Long time no see. Uh, just kidding. Um, if you watched the show yesterday, then yeah, we just spoke and I just saw you. However, today's show is going to be a little different. We have a guest speaker coming on, a good friend of mine, a uh, member of the mastermind I'm a part of, great guy, a lot of great experiences and a lot of great knowledge that hopefully we'll be able to tap into tonight. And I'm talking about none other than Chris Allen. All right, so I'm not going to do too much talking about who he is and what he does. I'm going to give him the opportunity to do that, but you guys are definitely in for a treat. All right, so let's go ahead and get him on here. Hey, what's hey, going on, man? Hey, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Re- really glad to be here. Well, I'm thankful that you were able to make the opportunity to hop on. Um, would you mind giving the people in the background an opportunity to know a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do? Sure, of course. My name is Chris Allen. I'm the owner of Allen Fitness. I'm an online personal trainer. Uh, I first started personal training a little over a year and a half ago, shortly before COVID started. Uh, I was working at the YMCA as a personal trainer. He was getting a little experience there. And then COVID hit back in February, March. My gym closed down and pretty much had no choice but to go, you know, all the way online. And Honestly, it was probably the best thing that ever happened career-wise to me since I get to help people from pretty much anywhere in the world. And it's just been great so far. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean, my story is similar. I feel like I was having a pretty decent time before COVID, but COVID definitely opened up some different opportunities. I mean, in a sense, it kind of forced us to get more creative. Would you agree? Definitely. Definitely. I had to learn a whole bunch of stuff that they didn't teach you when you're getting your personal training education, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. All right, so since I know a little bit more than the people that are watching, I have a very good question for you. Can you explain to the people how Bruce Lee fits into your beginnings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bruce Lee was uh, always a huge influence me. Ever since I was a little kid, some of the very first movies I ever remember watching um, – so I, I just always really was in awe of everything he could do as far as, I mean, his presence, how 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 great he was at martial arts, his, his physique. And uh, about 10 or so years ago, I came across a book called The Art of Expressing the Human Body. And mm-hmm. what the book is, it was by a guy named John Little, who I believe was one of Bruce Lee's students. Don't, don't quote me on that part, though. And... This book is all about Bruce Lee's fitness routines outside of his martial arts training. I'd never seen 
or even heard people really talk about that, about how ahead of his time he was as far as bodybuilding, uh, general fitness, uh, conditioning, cardio. I mean, he trained not only uh, fighters, but he was really respected by bodybuilders as well. So this book explained all about his practices as far as how he lifted weights, his general nutrition, his isometrics, cardio stuff he did. It even had samples of his calendar and how he organized his workouts. And that's what really fascinated me because he was so far ahead of his time and he was already such a big influence to me. I, I just wanted to, to be that. So yeah, a huge influence to me all through my life, even still. That's pretty unique because um, I am also a huge fan of Bruce Lee. Like that is my freaking guy. I remember being a kid and uh, back when they had the Super Nintendo, they had a game called, what was it? Uh, Into the Dragon, I want to say it was. And that was probably hands down my absolute favorite game. I even had the uh, DVD or not DVD, the cassette player, you know, the little freaking video square boxes you had back in the day for the VCR at my yep. grandma's house. <laughs> and I wore that thing out. Definitely a huge fan. Um which helps us kind of get into the next portion because I don't know how many people are aware of the fact that Bruce Lee was a bit of a philosopher. And so us being personal trainers, I wouldn't go as far as saying we're philosophers ourselves, but we definitely dabble, you know, in interpreting and understanding and have unique experiences with that whole mind and body connection. So would you mind giving people your idea and your feedback on those types of things as far as where the mindset plays a role in training? Oh, that's definitely a deep rabbit hole to go down there. But some some basic things that I think are really important is, you know, for one, I think a lot of people tend to give up way too soon. You know, they'll get started on something like me, like say somebody wants to lose weight, for example. They start they start really, really strong. They're really motivated in the beginning. And before they know it, it's been, you know, two weeks. They're not seeing a whole bunch of results yet. And it's the 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 level of stress just has been wearing on them and they tend to lose that motivation after a little while. So the question became, what do you do when motivation runs out? Because at some point it will motivation, willpower, they're good. They're great to have. They're great to exercise because they're like muscles. And the more you use them, the stronger they get, but like muscles as well, eventually they will give out. So you can't rely on them all the time forever. So what do you do when you get to the point where motivation isn't really there? And I know people have probably heard things like you got to remember your why and all of this. And yes, that's true. But I think it's even deeper than that. When you think about it, you want to really find what your purpose is. There's, there's your why, why you want to do stuff, why you want to improve yourself, why you want to lose weight. Those are all great things to know. You have to know those things. But what about what about beyond that? What about when the idea of even the goal just doesn't sound as appealing because you, you're fatigued mentally? What do you do then, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there there it is. You you gotta really figure out how to get your mind into that place to where when you're not motivated, you keep going anyway. And of course, that gets into the whole discipline. You know, area of things. You just gotta do it anyway. You know, you you get up. You don't feel like going to the gym. You gotta go to the gym anyway, unless you're injured. If you really, really want something, and you really are determined to make it happen. You find a way. 
So when you lose that motivation, that's a test that really lets you know how much you really want something. I like that. I like that. That's one of the biggest questions ever. You know, I found myself in some positions at times where, I mean, I'm tired, you know, whether it's getting up in the morning to go to a session or staying up a little later at night to write out a program for someone. And, you know, like you said, motivation isn't enough, you know, so that overarching question of how badly do you want it? How badly do I want the results that I know come with me doing the things that I intend to do and that I set out to do? And before we go too far into that, I would like you, if you could, to explain how the whole mindset portion plays a role in the mission of Allen Fitness. That's pretty much the core, the core of the entire thing. Uh, The Allen Fitness mission statement is, you know, I have it right here. I help relentless professionals perform at their very best in every area of life through fitness mindset and nutrition strategies that form lifelong habits and practices. Now, the reason I, I start with the health, with the fitness and the nutrition is because that's your basics. I mean, that's, that's you taking care of yourself on a base, basic level. That's the beginning. Once you can master, you know, getting past that, lack of motivation to get fit or eat healthy or uh you know you get stopped and you it becomes a matter of discipline that's when that's when the things become important and you really have to go after those habits and when you practice those things repetitively and long enough eventually you don't have to think about it anymore and that's how you change things from going to uh, from to go from one thing to an established habit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. I like what you said there. Um, Before we go too far into the next portion, I kind of want to go back a little bit and talk about the whole motivation idea and how sometimes, you know, motivation isn't there at the beginning. You know, from my own experience, like I said, motivation isn't always there. Um, Even more so when I talk about working out personally, you know, after you get done training with your clients, after you get done coaching everyone in the world and sharing everything, you know, you still have to go to the gym for yourself. You know, you still have to be like, all right, well, I've done X, Y, Z. Now it's time. You know, it's game time and I am freaking tired. Or maybe it's first thing in the morning and you're like, man, I know I still got to work out two other times today with a group of people and one other guy after that. Like, uh, like, I mean, I really just don't feel like it. And motivation does become a factor. And to go along with what you said earlier, one thing I found to be true uh, multiple times is the idea that like the motivation may not be be there at the beginning, but when I walk through the door, and I make it through my warm up, and then I get through that first set. Now all of a sudden I'm motivated. Now yes. all of a sudden my body is woken up, like oh shoot, okay, <laughs> this will be doing. I'm here. That's one thing I like to tell myself when I'm not really feeling like it. Just have faith that once you get there and you start, you will feel like it. That's all. You don't have to start off all you know really intense. Just just start with your warm up. Start moving around a little bit. Do five push ups. Lift lift. Bench press just the bar for a couple sets. Just get your blood pumping and get moving. Your body and your mind will both catch up to your intention every time. Dig it. Michael chimed in. He said, it's the grind is I should do it enough. I dig that. Right on, Mike. Right on. Absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the next portion of that. Uh, We talked a little bit about habits. So Mm -hmm. you share a little bit more with us about some ways that we can start implementing those habits or at least your whole philosophy on that in general. Okay. Well, 
I think that a lot of the time when people are motivated and they want to take on a life change, lose weight, getting in shape and whatnot, they tend to overplan things, overthink things, and even worse, try to take on too many aspects of it all at the same time. You know, for example, somebody wants to lose some weight, they'll be like, okay, I need to meal prep. I need to work out. I need to make sure I'm buying the right food. I need to count my macros, my calories, my water, my nutrients. Is, is, is everything okay? And what supplements should I take? You, like, whoa, <laughs> slow down, slow down. First, number one thing is let's establish where you are. But let's just take nutrition specifically to start with. Now, first, one thing I tell my clients and all the time in the beginning, for the first two weeks, write down or log what you eat and when and how much in my fitness pal or write it down for the first two weeks. Don't even change your habits. I just want to get an objective bird's eye view of where we are now because you can't reliably chart a destination without knowing where you are first. You have to orient yourself. Right. And then when they do that, let's say this, uh, this person writes everything down and I see that they might eat vegetables once a, once a week or once every two weeks or something. Right. Instead of saying, okay, let's lower all your calories. Let's count all your macros to start with. I mean, if people are really ready for that thing, we might go a little further, but I will start it out very basic. All I want you to do is make sure you eat some vegetables at least once a day for a month. Can you do that? And then when people do something like that for a month or longer, we add a little bit more, add a little something else on there. Like maybe, okay, uh, start measuring out your protein. Just do that. In addition to the, to the vegetables, do that. They're not even thinking about the vegetables now because it's already something that's is an established habit. And when we talk about establishing habits, it's really a physiological thing. You, you may have heard the 21 days or 28 days of repetition to establish a habit. And that's that's true. Once you keep doing something long enough, it no, it no longer relies on your active conscience to activate that. You don't have to really try to eat your vegetables. You just, oh, I'm eating vegetables. I wasn't even thinking about it. It's just something I do now. And then you add on more. That's where I think the long-term habits and practices can really be established. When we build, first we establish where we are, then we build step-by-step from there. Eventually a person becomes a whole macro calorie counting pro and they can understand exactly what they need to do to get to whatever goal they need because goals change over time. You know, what happens when you lose that 50 pounds? What are you going to do then? Just stop. No, there's, there's going to be a new goal there. So let's get everybody ready so that they can get to the next goal and understand where they're going. Because the more you learn, the more fine-tuned and honed in your goals are going to be and more specific. And then you'll really be able to excel at what you're trying to excel at. You'll be able to start mastering things instead of dabbling. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. I like the fact that your message is very consistent. I want to say it was about a month ago. I was watching one of your lives and you were talking about mastering one thing. And mm-hmm. I found it very refreshing that you brought that same thing back to this. So that's definitely on point. Definitely on point. Yeah, there's that saying that Bruce Lee had, uh, you know, I, I don't fear the man that has practiced 10,000 kicks one time. 
I fear the man yeah. that one kick 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I like that one. Uh, we have a comment on here from Natasha. She said, I agree about that motivation. You know, once you get up, but then once you're there, it's like 100% in. Or it's like, I'm 100% in. Yeah, yep. definitely. And then, yeah, and then not only that, you feel so much better that you overcame that hesitation and did it anyway. So it it compounds on itself as far, and you get your motivation back and then some. So right. it's, it makes it even more worth it. Very nice. Very nice. We also have a message from Michael, more of a question. Uh, I'll leave this one for you. He says, is morning training more beneficial for the system? What is your take on that? That's a, that's a really common question when people are thinking about when do I work out and all that. Honestly, it's whatever works better for you. Personally, I like to work out in the morning because it helps me get my head right for the day. It, while I'm working out, I'll kind of think about things and that's my meditative time, you know. But some people like to get everything out of their way and then unwind with their workouts at the end of the day. So if we're talking simply physically, that's that's really up for debate. Most people will tell you and most trainers will say it doesn't really matter as long as your full day's habits and goals are in line and you, you, you get it done. So I think it's less important when you work out and more important that you work out. And that makes like, sense. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And you know, I'm not going to go too far on the deep end on that question at all. But I mean, we start thinking about the circadian rhythm, you know, in our internal clocks, like everyone's going to be better at certain points of the day at certain things. Like granted, our bodies go through similar patterns, but you can manipulate that. If you get up mm -hmm. in the morning, you work out enough times in the morning, eventually you will be someone who enjoys the morning workout. Just as if you wait and you start doing it in the evening, eventually you will be a person who enjoys the evening workouts. Yeah. So I wouldn't say there is a good or a worse time to do it, I would definitely agree with Chris and say, just get it done. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that, you know, if you can mix it up, really, just just for the sake of, of your, your mental well-being, you know, get out there sometimes really early in the morning and smell that fresh air. Sometimes wait until nighttime when you've had all your food for the day and then you're all fueled up. Sometimes that can help you have some more energy, you know, do do both. Keep it keep it alive so that you don't get stuck and plateau mentally. I like that answer. Um, I used to train with the guy. Uh, back in the day when I used to be a big fan of pre-workouts, not saying that I don't dabble here and there, but I don't really do anything before I work out besides listen to some music and go to the gym. But back in the day, there was a time when I enjoyed, you know, the C4 or whatever the new trendy thing was back then. And I worked out with a guy who felt like he could not train without taking whatever that supplement was. So if he mm -hmm. ran out for a week, he just was not going to the gym. Like that was just yeah. it. And I find that, you know, there may be people you know, when it comes to training, you know, like if they can't do it at this part of the day, they don't feel that they could potentially succeed if they were to do it another part of the day. And so I feel like it may also create a mental trap. I, I think that people will find if they take your advice and they just go do it in the morning randomly, you know, they'll see like, dang, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle to get started, but I still did it. For me, that's mm -hmm. even more empowering. You know what I mean? Yeah. That actually, you, you just made me think of something that um, I learned a long time ago. There's this little exercise, like say you go, there's a restaurant you go to regularly, maybe maybe not these days, maybe this is a bad example, but bear with me. You go to this restaurant regularly, maybe you eat lunch there every day on your lunch break. Do you sit in the same chair every day? If you do, go sit in a different chair. 
it's going to feel a little bit weird for a second. It, it really will. You think this is a little different. But after a few minutes, it's like you, you know, like, like it was never an issue. The reason I bring this up is because we're a prisoner of our own habits and habits may have a strong hold, but once you break the hold, it gets easier and easier. It's like, it's like if you're inside an egg, initially it's hard to break out, but once you make that first crack, it gets easier, it's easier and gets easier. And then you can, that, that's another kind of facet to establishing habits. Yeah. We have a comment from Mike. He says, wow, plateauing mentally, something I don't think about. Variety is important. I agree. Mm -hmm. For sure. Awesome. So getting along with the uh, implementing habits, um, let's say, for example, we have someone who may be stuck. Maybe they're trying to figure out some ways to shake things up. What type of advice or tips would you advise for these guys? I know that we have three tips that you have for everyone. So let's go ahead and get started with that. Uh, what would be tip number one for you? Okay. I do have I do have some tips because let me, let me just say a lot of the time you'll hear people when they give advice when when they ask about these kinds of things mindset and what people won't tell you specific things you can do like action steps that will actually get you there so I'm glad we, I'm glad we're we're talking about this uh, the the first rule or first tip is something that's called the eighty twenty rule you, I'm sure you've heard of it a lot of you folks out there I'm sure have heard of it the idea that we have to start over when we make a mistake in our plans moving towards our goals, right? Like people will over the holidays, big, big example here. They're losing weight. They're exercising. Holidays come. I'm going to stop my fitness routine for the holidays, eat all this food and then start over. Right. Because they weren't adhering to it perfectly. The 80-20 rule is the idea that we're not going to be perfect. We shouldn't expect perfection. And we definitely shouldn't punish ourselves when we're anything less than perfect. So the idea is that if you are consistent in your good habits 80% of the time and allow yourself 20% margin for you know, cheat meals, your maybe your, a little extra rest day, or maybe a lighter workout, things like that. As long as you stick to your plans, 80% of the time, you will make progress. Guaranteed all the time. Because I hate it when people will be doing so well, they'll have one weekend where they just ate a, instead of it, a cheat meal turned into a cheat weekend and they think they have to start over. Like, no, no, you've been doing great for a month. Why would you let one weekend ruin all that? Just pick yourself up and keep going, right? Dig it, dig it. That's a different twist on the whole 80-20 rule. I know I've definitely heard it as far as the, uh, you know, like organizing your week and expecting 80% of your of your results to come from 20% of your work. I don't think I've heard it in the aspect of training and nutrition and things like that. So that's definitely. All right. All right. So uh, what would number two be? I know you said you had three of them. Yeah. So one thing that and this is this is a, a biological trick you can use. It's something that 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 will actually help you try, and you'll see. When you eat, you know what portion size is. You know how much you should. the The rule here is something I like to call the twenty minute rule. And the twenty minute rule 
is very simple. You eat your serving of food. Say you're eating dinner. You eat your, your first serving of dinner. And before you add anything else, set a timer for 20 minutes. Why 20 minutes? Because that is the amount of time it takes for your brain and your stomach to communicate with each other that you are indeed full. You may have had those experiences where you're just stuffing your face. You're so hungry. You're so hungry. And then all of a sudden, boom, I can't eat another bite. There's no in between there. It, you go from ravenously hungry to, to hitting that wall. What that is, is your brain and your stomach saying, whoa, we're full. You should have stopped 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so give that a try. It, it, it will help you. That This is a, a physiological fact as far as the bureaucracy of your body. Try it. And if you're still hungry after that 20 minutes, chug some water, maybe have a, a few bites of something. And then set a timer again for another 20 minutes. And if you're, if you're still hungry at that point, then maybe you need to look at how many calories you're getting throughout the day with this. You know, then, then we want to look a little deeper. But the 20-minute rule is a solid thing. Try it for yourself. I am going to take you up on that, my good sir. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Um, it's going to be a late one for me. So I'll definitely make sure that 20-minute rule and attempt tonight. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and hit number three. What is your number three? Okay. Number three. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, you know what? I can't read my handwriting here. So why don't we put it up on the board there? <laughs> there we go. Keep it fun. I'm left-handed and my, my handwriting is terrible. But yes, keep it fun. If you... Let's say you have the, the greatest workout in the world. Every, every little bit of science is behind it. It's the perfect amount of reps and sets and calories and macros for your body. But you hate it. You think it's going to work? Of course it's not going to work because you're not going to do it. The general thing is, if you do, especially if you're just starting out, it, it gets different as you get more advanced, of course. But if you're just starting out, you don't need to overthink it because doing anything, is going to be better than doing nothing. So especially in the beginning and all throughout, of course, keep it fun. If you are starting out in your, in your journey here and you just hate every second of it, how long do you really think you're going to, you're going to stick with it? Then you're going to quit. You're going to get frustrated that, that you did quit and you're going to do that whole starting over thing that we talked about again. And that's just not what we want to do. So, if you don't feel like doing a certain thing and you want to change it up, still get your workout in. Just go do something different if you want to. Don't overthink so much about the specifics of what you're doing because you're still going to see results as long as you as long as you stay consistent. The learning and the establishing all the education on what works and what science is and fine tuning all that and dialing all that in. You don't have to do all that right away. You don't have, and you especially don't have to do it before you get started. So. Just just get going. Have some fun. Get yourself moving. Learn as you go. That's how we get better. And that's what makes the journey fun. Heck yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, and those are some super solid tips, man. Super solid tips. Um, what was I going to say? I had something else. Right for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and check the comments out real quick and see what they're saying. Let's see. We have good tips from Amy. Thanks, Amy. Michael has a question. I'll let you tackle it. 
He says, isn't it a general rule of thumb to eat until you are not hungry, not until you are full? I would say yes, but you have to get to know yourself first in that because your brain can lie to you. Your habits that you've had as far as how much you eat can 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 kind of lie to you because you know how much a, a serving of food is. Let's take peanut butter, for example. A, a tablespoon of peanut butter is, you know, maybe about, about yay big, the size of a quarter or so, not, nothing too big. But if you go into the peanut butter jar and you get a spoonful, you're likely to get like three or four. And your brain thinks that that's a serving when, in fact, you've just taken a thousand calories in in one bite <laughs> or two. <laughs> right. But yes, that is true. Once you get to know your body intuitively. That's one of the re- that you don't have to necessarily do the 20 minute rule forever, but it is a wonderful tool to help you get to know yourself and establish where where you actually are not hungry versus full, because you have to find out where those points are before you can reliably use that. Does that make sense, Michael? Let's wait for Mike to hop in. Uh, while we're waiting, though, uh, we had someone on here named Sybil. She's actually one of the moderators in the Three Pillars group. And huh. she actually specializes in helping people become more familiar with intuitive eating. And she talks to us about that. And so she pretty much said the exact same thing you're saying. So that's very refreshing. And Mike said yes. Great question, Mike. Natasha said, I agree. These have all been helpful tips. And I don't know about you, but I know quite a few people in the group love peanut butter, myself included. And we definitely enjoy that example. (laughs) I mean, I I use a lot of my examples from from personal experience. So I'm right there with you guys, for sure. (laughs) All right. So let's see. We got another comment. Let's check it out. Pretty big one. I'm actually going to go ahead and let you tackle this one. Oh, like they're just talking amongst each other, but. Dig it. Yeah. Like I said, people love peanut butter, man. (laughs) All right. So uh, while we're waiting to see if any more comments come in, would you mind sharing with the people a little bit? Uh, a little bit more in terms of your philosophy in the form of what would your words of wisdom be to encourage someone who may or may not be thinking about, you know, embarking on a new fitness journey or maybe not even embarking on a fitness journey. Maybe they just want to create some new changes in their lives. Maybe they want to implement some new habits. Um, what would your words of wisdom be to help them get started on that? Well, there are a lot, I think. But look, first, I would say just get started. Learn as you go. You don't have to master a thing before you begin a thing. Beyond that, you only fail when you give up. Like I was saying before, there, there are going to be setbacks and all this starting over stuff is a cycle that we get into that really, really puts us behind and, and stops us from getting our goals. That's how we spin our tires for years on end, constantly starting over, constantly making the same New Year's resolutions. So stop starting over and just keep going. It's all about keeping on going. Once you've started, that's it. Uh, if, if you run into a period of time where you can't, where you fall off the wagon, so to speak, for a couple of weeks or something, you're not starting over. You're just going to pick up and keep going because that stuff happens. 
And it's okay that that stuff happens because we've all been there and we all have to just keep going. That's really the best advice I can give. Stop starting over because you will never get to your destination if you start over all the time. Be stuck in the mud and never going. Definitely agree with that. That was very solid. Uh, I remember, you know, not to take over or get long winded, but I know whenever I run, you know, um, I can't run 16,000 miles. Sometimes I get to mile number two out of a four mile run. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> if I could just fast forward in time a little bit, that would be helpful. But one thing I find for myself that keeps me going is to realize I don't have to run the same speed all the time. I can slow down as long as I don't stop. I'm still in the run. And so I definitely find a lot of weight in what you just said. Like, that was great, man. Thank you. Of course. I, li- I like your, your running analogy. That, that, that's, that's a perfect comparison. Sure. Thanks, sir. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and revisit your tips real quick. See if we get any more questions or comments. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with what is that, Dora the Explorer. But Natasha said, just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah. Just keep swimming. Amy said, just get started and keep going and don't give up. Very nice, guys. Very nice. All right. So to go ahead and recap for some people who just may be tuning in or maybe you're catching on a replay and you're unsure of what the tips were because you just heard so many great things. You don't know where to begin. Tip number one was the 80-20 rule. Tip number two was a 20-minute rule. And tip number three was to keep it fun. We're not going to recap what those things were because now you have the opportunity to go back and watch it for yourself. And if you guys enjoyed this material and you want to hear more from my guy, Chris, please find him on Facebook. He has a Facebook group. He also has his own personal page. Great guy. Great material. I'm an avid listener and viewer. Um, A lot of great things happen there. I think we have another question. Coming in from Michael, says, some mornings I don't feel awesome, but go anyway. Just change it up to match your ability. Total believer. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure. That's that's how we do it, man. There it is. For sure, for sure. All right, so again, if you guys want to find Chris, find him on Facebook. Again, he has his personal page. He has this business page, and he also has an awesome group. Would you mind filling him in on the name of your Facebook group? Sure. The name of my group is the Fitness Roadmap for Relentless Professionals. I've got exercise demonstrations, healthy recipes, maybe not as healthy recipes, but definitely delicious uh, mindset, motivation, all, all kinds of great stuff in there. And it's a, and it's a wonderful community. We're, we're growing it, and it's just a place that we can all get together and really support each other in relentlessly pursuing our goals. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. I like that. Natasha said a fantastic live, a lot of great information. And I have to agree, Chris, it was awesome having you on. I really do appreciate you staying up late and coming on here and kicking it with me. Hey, it's my pleasure. The honor's mine, man. And thank you, Natasha. It was great to be here talking to y'all. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, We may give it another second or two, but in the meantime, while we wait to see if there's any more questions, I want to thank all you guys for tuning in and for being such great 
question askers. You know, you guys were the lifeblood of this show tonight. Uh, we definitely appreciate the turnout. I know I definitely appreciate the turnout. If you're watching this from my personal page or from Chris's page and we have not seen your questions or comments, him or I will get to you as soon as this show is over. I'm pretty sure he'll be going through and seeing what what and seeing what happened. And I'll be doing the same. So um, if we didn't answer your question or see you, don't worry. We will see you and you will be heard. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity to tune in. And thank you so much, Chris, for coming on again. I really do appreciate it, man. Thank you, John. It was my pleasure. Thank you again for inviting me. All right, awesome, awesome. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, drop down in the comments and tell me what your favorite tip was. And also, don't be afraid. I highly recommend it, actually, to go check out my guy, Chris, and check out what he's about. All right, I hope you guys have a great night. I hope you guys have a great week and a great weekend. And as always, before I say it, do you have anything else for the people? Keep on going. Get started. Don't give up. Awesome, awesome. Like he said, and my little two cents, keep pushing, greatness awaits. Here we go.